This is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. Turn, hand it off to Mitter, hit in the backfield and drilled. Again, 13's there to make the tackle. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation, this is the KLIN Husker Hour. Great three call, and the Huskers are the Big Ten Conference champions. That's it, got it, underdog, and then one, exclamation point. Now your hosts, KLIN contributor Cole Stukenholz and KLIN reporter Matt McMaster. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. It is just me this morning on the microphone. Of course, Kenny Larrabee is here behind the curtain running our Facebook Live at KLIN Huskers. Uh, Matt McMaster is still a college student, so he's flying back from spring break, I believe, as we speak. Uh, he's a Chicagoan. You know what? With the, the news of Tony White having a Nebraska driver's license already, new Nebraska defensive coordinator, Tony White, I wonder if Matt McMaster has a Nebraska driver's license. That'll be a question for next week. Is Tony White more of a Nebraskan than Matt? We'll have to find that out. Um, I've got a pretty exciting show for you lined up. We've got Matt Coatney voice of Husker women's basketball. He's going to join us to run down the WNIT victory earlier this week and preview the one coming up tomorrow. Nebraska's just taking a tour through the Missouri Valley Conference, I guess. They had Missouri State, and uh, now they're going to take on Northern Iowa. So um, that'll be uh, a little bit later on the show with uh, Coatman. There's baseball to get to. Nebraska has, I think, now they're on their 17th different iteration of this weekend series with Nichols. First, it was going to be a four-game series across four days here in Lincoln. Then they moved it down to Manhattan, and they're going to do a three-game series, and then they changed it to a two-game series, and it was a doubleheader. And now they're going to randomly play again on Sunday when not playing today, but they're still going to play in Manhattan. If you can keep up with it, good for you. Tough tough thing for me to, uh, to keep up with. Uh, so hopefully uh, Husker Baseball can uh, finish off a three-game sweep. Thought it was just going to be a two-game sweep of Nichols. Not Nichols State, just Nichols. Uh, and then you've also got men's basketball portal news that I will get to. Um, we will still be waiting on the uh, the Casey decision, I think, is the most pivotal decision of the offseason for Nebraska ball. Uh, that is yet to come. Uh, and, of course, I mean, talking men's basketball, uh, what, 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 could you, what could you talk about other than leading off with a little bit of the craziness that is March Madness. It is, I, this is the eighth year I've hosted this show, and I always come on the Saturday after the first round. And I've had years where I've had my national champion go down in the first round. Thank you, 2016 Michigan State. And now, for the second time since I've hosted this show, it's the day after a 16 seed wins. And this time, it's over the Big Ten regular season and tournament champion. How about that, Purdue? If I'm Arizona coach Tommy Lloyd, I'm sending Matt Painter a fruit basket this morning because now he's not the most embarrassed coach in college basketball. That, uh, that distinction belongs to Matt Painter, so congrats to Purdue. Bigger congrats to Fairleigh Dickinson, of course. FDU. They have a tournament victory. And Nebraska doesn't. They're taking on Florida Atlantic. 
Florida Atlantic just got their first NCAA tournament victory yesterday as well. And one of those teams is going to the Sweet 16 because they're playing each other. And Nebraska is still sitting on the schneid. I'm not bitter. One day, one day, folks, just keep keep plugging away. And, and one day, Nebraska basketball will uh, will pay off all that all that hard work. Um, speaking of March Madness, it is also going to be time for spring football next week. Two days away from practice number one for Matt Rule as Nebraska football coach. And there are a lot of different ways that he could have played this offseason. Obviously, he comes in with a reputation, right? He started at Temple and built them back up from not a great first season to pretty good year in year three. Flipped Baylor around as well. One win in this first year at Baylor. And by the end of it, they're winning 10 games two years in a row. uh, And he parlays that into an NFL head coaching job. So that's established. And you have all of the offseason hires, a pretty large support staff that he's built up as well with a few, maybe a few surprises. You've got uh, some, some folks that come out of the Texas high school ranks uh, that is going to, I think, help recruiting, kind of change the perception of Nebraska football down there in a pretty important state. And you've got all of the recruiting angles that are going to exist no matter what, because Nebraska's recruiting journalism ecosystem is is very healthy uh, and, and always churning. And so all, all of the recruiting narratives, that was going to be there regardless. You're going to have all of that happening. What's been interesting about the way Rule has handled this offseason is the way he's controlled the narrative to a certain extent. The way that he's done social media is obviously very different from Scott Frost, very different from Mike Riley, very different from Bo Pelini. And that's a little bit more transparent and it's a little bit more insightful than Nebraska football fans are used to. You are seeing in real time where Matt Rule is recruiting at that very second. You are seeing and hearing and and watching him at various Husker sporting events. Just a man of the people going to going to wrestling meets and and gymnastics and sitting up watching women's basketball and PBA cheering on Kase Tomonaga and giving him that that follow on Twitter after he goes off for 30 points. Like he has been very open and, and transparent with everything he's done. And I think that's by design. And the other part of it is he's had this. And and I, I would assume this is kind of either orchestrated by him or, or done with his blessing. He's had this rollout of all of the, the full-time coaches and the strength coach. Uh, All 10 assistants have had their chance to meet with the media two at a time, Noah's Ark style. They've all had their turns for the most part, I think probably uh, on, on sports nightly. And so the, the, the fan base has had a chance to more or less meet the staff, kind of, kind of get a little bit of a sense of, of who these guys are as coaches, how they're going to, do their jobs. Uh, you're, you're not learning a whole lot 
like X's and O's wise quite yet. Uh, that'll that'll evolve, and and you'll see that starting you know with the season. Uh, unless there's maybe some availability for the spring, I don't think there's going to be much more than what we're used to in terms of you know you're going to get to shoot some open practices uh, early on, just the kind of stretching around, and that'll be it. But maybe maybe that expands for you know one one practice this uh, this spring. But that that rollout, that you know, kind of steady drip of of all of these coaches and hirings and all of this stuff that's come out from you know early December to now, it has allowed the Husker football staff to kind of shape the way they want their story to be told. It's not just, all right, Nebraska hired Matt Rule and the games start in September and maybe we'll see some stuff in the spring, but until then, this news outlet's going to take this angle and this news outlet's going to take that angle and they'll still take their angles and they'll still look for stories as we go, but you're, to a certain extent, okay, if I if I throw Tony White out here, stories for the next few days are going to be about Tony White be about three three five if i if i want ed foley to come out here and and get in the news a little bit and have some folks talking about ed foley i'm gonna have him go in front of the media and talk about why he has visited literally every high school in nebraska in a three-month span and how much he loves runza already that part of his job is not like in the job description. It's not obviously something that his predecessors did uh, a lot of, but he's had this opportunity to, you know, have a clean slate and give that first impression to the fan base. And if you, if you leave that open, if, if you're not going to kind of drive that with the ways that you want to, have that discussion go then you can have expectations get out of whack uh you can have misconceptions about certain players or certain schemes or the way the way things are going to happen and some of that will exist regardless but this is this is doing more to prevent that sort of thing this is this is Matt Rule being deliberate with what he wants to do in terms of getting his story told more or less social media is the easy way for you know players professionally and collegiately to kind of own their brand and and make it their own but there's no reason why a head coach can't do it for the program as well and that's what that rule's been doing and so as as spring ball comes uh comes towards us here you've got the first practice of the season 6 a.m on Monday. Now it'll be about spring, but, but I I'm just impressed about the way that Matt rules handled kind of the rollout of, of how he's going to go about his business as head coach. Very organized and very deliberate. I think it's clear that he's got a plan and for anybody who's followed this program, for the last five years, you haven't gotten the sense that there's been a plan very often. Or maybe there has been a plan, but it's been very ill-conceived, and if that plan doesn't go very well initially, there is not a plan B. We'll see if Matt Rule has a good plan B. He hasn't really had to go to that 
Everybody's got a plan until they're punched in the mouth, as they say. So that part of it will be interesting. But so far, I, I've been I've been pleasantly surprised with how kind of all of the media coverage, most of the media coverage this offseason, when it comes to the program itself, not recruiting, recruiting's its own beast, but in terms of the team itself, it's by and large been been uh matt rule driven it's been it's been uh sports information department driven in terms of we're going to roll these coaches out uh in a very organized way and and that's who you guys are going to want to talk about because you're going to get a lot of information from those coaches some other things that i'm going to be interested in finding out as we go through the spring and i think uh will will kind of shape what this team's going to look like uh, as we get closer to the season uh, there's been a lot of transfer activity, right? A lot of additions from the transfer portal. Uh, you've got pretty much every position across the board. Um, I, maybe other than running back, I think it, Nebraska's gotten a significant transfer in. Obviously, Jeff Sims at quarterback. Um, you've got wide receivers, like Billy Kemp, and you've and Josh Fleeks, another one from Baylor. Tight end, Eric Gilbert, former number one overall tight end recruit from Georgia. Offensive line, you've got Ben Scott from Arizona State. Defensively, you've got like you got Chief Borders. You've got Elijah Judy from Texas AM. You've got the potential to have impact transfers in almost every position across the board. So who's going to kind of grab that opportunity? And, and run with it. That's that's going to be a, a pretty interesting storyline this spring. As for the guys who've been here, position changes. Something else to keep in mind. That is something that has been a, a hallmark of Matt Rule's tenures at Temple and Baylor. Guys come in, maybe you've got an idea of where they're going to fit, but as you develop, your body type changes, your skill sets evolve, the needs of the team maybe precipitate changes as well. So I'll be interested to see which guys maybe end up at a different spot than the prevailing wisdom might have them landing at or, or where they may be listed on the roster here on March 18th. That may be a completely different story by April 18th. And then lastly, how does the spring kind of position Nebraska for the next few years, and that is the recruiting angle. Next week is going to be huge. Uh, we, we do tentatively have Mike Schaefer from Husker 24-7 uh, scheduled to join us next weekend as Dylan Riola. Yes, the man, the myth, the high school student legend. He's going to be here in Lincoln, and he's going to have a lot of his friends, so to speak. A lot of high-profile, highly-rated, high-value targets in recruiting will be in Lincoln this time next week. And that's going to be with a week of spring ball behind Nebraska. You're going to have all those those flashy social media videos that have come out from, from the start of spring ball as well. What comes of that recruiting weekend too? How can you build on the momentum of this offseason it's Nebraska. Nebraska always wins the offseason, right? But how do you build on that with recruiting? Can you get any of these big-time blue-chip guys to say, yeah, this this looks good. 
This is where I want to be. May may you get a a a silent commitment from Dylan Riola and and he tells Matt Rule, hey, I'm in. I just want to announce it on my own time. It's going to come maybe in April. I made happen. This this may be the weekend when that kind of gets firmed up. So transfer portal additions, possible position changes, and how do you build on the recruiting momentum? Spring ball is here, folks. Less than 48 hours from now, Matt Rule will have those guys out on the practice field. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, We've got got a lot to get to this morning. Uh, When we come back, we're going to get to the baseball. Huskers do have another game with Nichols tomorrow. If you missed that, we'll get you caught up. Uh, They had a two-game sweep yesterday in Manhattan, Kansas. Tough loss against uh, Omaha earlier in the week, but uh, they got back on the winning ways yesterday. Uh, Wrestling. We've got a wrestler uh, going for a national championship today. We'll let you know uh, that update as well. And who's in the portal for men's basketball. That's all coming up here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Talking with current and former Huskers and those that cover the Big Red. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. Flying solo today. I'm Cole Stukenholtz. Matt McMaster is literally flying, maybe right this second, back from Chicago from spring break. Good for Matt. Living the dream as a college student. Also live in the dream. All those Husker baseball players who uh, got the doubleheader sweep yesterday. It was uh, uh, a nice to see a bounce back. Nebraska took a loss on Tuesday that uh, broke their uh, winning streak. It was pretty disappointing. Michael Garza got the start against Omaha and went three strong. Did not give up a run, just three hits. And then into the bullpen and things just collapsed. Um Nebraska scored six runs and had the lead two to nothing after the third and got within five four after the fifth. But the bullpen just Nebraska's bullpen could not stop the Mavs. Uh, Caleb, this is the other thing. It's not just, oh, well, it was midweek. They were getting other guys some time. No, this is these, these are guys you know. Uh, Caleb Clark, who has been Nebraska's kind of ill fated Sunday starter. I don't know that he's going to get that role back, uh, and he may not have a role in the bullpen uh, if he keeps, if he keeps this up. He comes in in the fourth, only faces four batters, walks two, gives up two hits, and then he's out. All four of those runs scored. Mason Ornelas, he walked two but did get in all three outs, uh, gave up one run. Uh, Corbin Hawkins did have a nice inning, but then Shea Shanneman gave up four walks and two hits and three earned three runs, two of them earned. Shea Shanneman, obviously, big part of this bullpen. He's top 10 all-time in strikeouts at Nebraska, for that matter. Uh, and Kyle Perry gave up two runs the inning after that. Two runs on two hits. So, it's not just guys you've never heard. This is These are guys Nebraska's going to have to count on out of the pen in Big Ten play. Uh, so, so, that was a little disappointing. They lose that game Tuesday 10-6. to to, uh, to Omaha. Uh, hat tip to Cam Frederick. Four for five for the Mavs. Two RBIs, two runs scored. He uh, led the way offensively. 
Uh, so the Huskers lose that one, and and they bounce back with a doubleheader sweep yesterday. Uh, if you if you missed all the the musical chair shenanigans of Nebraska baseball's weekend, initially it was going to be a four game series in Nebraska in in Lincoln Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Weather not great. In case you don't live here, it was snowing. So Nebraska moved that series down to Manhattan. They were going to play one Thursday to Friday. Thursday game gets canceled. They do get both in yesterday. And then yesterday they come out and say, oh, yeah, we're going to play another one Sunday. So, hey, we're going to get another game tomorrow. Good for us. Uh, but Huskers uh, get the sweep. And, and game one, it was just seven innings. Emin Olsen goes seven innings. Uh, Nebraska led 2 nothing going into the seventh. Olsen had the bases loaded, gave up a sack fly, but then got a three-pitch strikeout with two out in the seventh to end it. And so Nebraska gets game one, two to one over Nichols, Charlie Fisher and Dylan Carey, both with RBI singles. And then game two, it was an offensive slaughter. Nebraska won 17 to one. Max Anderson, three for five, two solo home runs, four RBIs. Bryce Matthews hit a sixth inning grand slam. His only hit of the day, but he also had a sack fly, so he got five driven in. Uh, in case you missed it, Max Anderson, Bryce Matthews, they are everything as advertised for Nebraska this season. Uh, the juniors are leading this team, and they both started every game. They were both, at the start of this Nichols uh, doubleheader yesterday, both were hitting over 400. Matthews now technically at 397. Uh, Nebraska comes into the series. They were one of only 13 teams nationally that had two everyday starters hitting over 400. Anderson's still at 435, and uh, Matthews 397. Another guy who's hitting over 400, Cole Evans, who is the reigning Big Ten Player of the Week after just destroying Illinois State last week. He played right yesterday. Uh, he's hitting 464, uh, went one for three, scored twice. Uh, so he's having a nice little uh, season, uh, Cole Evans. And Dylan Carey, uh, he had one of the RBIs in game one. He went three for four in game two, two RBIs, three runs scored. So Nebraska really poured it on offensively. Uh, and and better, I think maybe the most encouraging part of game two was the way the bullpen did not allow a single run in four innings. Uh, you had the disaster against UNO on Tuesday. So to to see them bounce back with two Perfect innings from Jackson Brockett, and then an inning apiece from Jake Buns and Will Rizzo uh, yesterday afternoon. Uh, that was good to see. The bullpen has, you've had letdowns from the offense. You've even had letdowns in games from, from the defense. You've had errors that have kind of been Nebraska's undoing at times this season. Uh, but the bullpen, I think, is going to be the Achilles heel. If, if Nebraska can avoid giving up big innings from that bullpen, I think they're going to be in pretty good shape for a lot of this season. You're, you're going to have to get guys to come through in high leverage spots. Uh, the way that Will Bolt and Jeff Christie use those guys strategically in a Friday game, in a Sunday game, uh, when, when the, the series is tied 1-1, like the, those, those situations are going to tell the tale for Nebraska baseball this year. If the bullpen can come through, if you can get big outs, in important spots of the opponent's lineups, that will get you those those fine margins. That'll get you that extra win, 
and that'll get you that extra spot in the standings, that extra spot in the RPI, uh, and and maybe you will be on the right side of the cut line in terms of maybe getting an at-large spot into the NCAA tournament. Uh, if you want to dream a little bit, maybe that extra win, that extra out that gets you the extra win, maybe that gets you uh, right on the verge of, of potentially hosting a regional, which is the stated goal of this program, as much as Matt McMaster wants to laugh at me about it. Evan Bland backed me up. That, that's what you have on tap for baseball this season. Um, as we get closer to Big Ten play, and, and it's right around the corner, uh, it is next week. The, the Illinois Fighting Illini come to Lincoln on Friday the 24th for a three-game series. And it's, uh, the, the matchup with Creighton is coming up here as well this week. That is on Tuesday in Omaha. That's game one of uh, the three-game series through the season with Creighton. As we get into Big Ten play, Nebraska is well-positioned. They can beat teams with their offense. They can beat teams with their front-line starting pitching. Emmett Olsen and Jace Kaminska are pretty good at pitching. So it, the, the question marks remain, outside of, of Bryce Matthews and Max Anderson, what other, bat, what other batters step up? Uh, they, they've got plenty of candidates. Cole Evans is having a nice season. Charlie Fisher's had his moments. Josh Karen has power. Ben Columbus, Gabe Swanson, Casey Burnham have all contributed to wins this season. Uh, Efri Cervantes has had uh, a nice game, uh, a nice season as well. So those are places at the, the bullpen we talked about. Those are places where you're going to have to get guys stepping up and and supporting the the top line guys. Emmett Olson and Jace Kaminska look like they're going to do their jobs on the mound starting Fridays and Saturdays. That lineup is going to be led by Max Anderson and Bryce Matthews. What do you get from the rest of them? What do you get from the bullpen? Can you continue to play error-free defense? It's all out in front of them right now. After that early season 0-3-1 start, Nebraska is now 11-5-1. Quick math, that's 11-13 Nebraska has won. That, that bullpen loss to Omaha and then getting blown out in the first inning by the defending national champs Ole Miss. Otherwise, they haven't lost since that opening weekend. So, bullpen, lineup support, and and that's, that's what will tell the tale of this baseball team this season. Uh, they've got that game tomorrow. I would tell you what time, but I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm looking at the wrong piece of paper. So uh, Nebraska baseball is tomorrow, and it'll be here on KLIN. So keep uh, keep it tuned right here for that. I'll get you the time later on in the show. Um, when we come back, uh, we're going to hit some win- women's basketball. The WNIT is back in Lincoln for a second game. Nebraska is going to take on Northern Iowa. We're going to talk with the voice of women's basketball, Matt Coatney, uh, when we come back. Also more to come on Recruiting, Dylan Riola update, and then who's in the portal from the men's team. That's all coming up here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. Oscar women victorious in game one of WNIT earlier this week. Now they're back at it again tomorrow. And 
will be on the call, of course. Matt Coatney here on, uh, well, over on B107.3 across the hall here at Broadcast House. And uh, Matt Coatney joins us now here on the KLIN Husker Hour to talk about it. Matt, how are you this morning? Oh, I'm doing great. Love being in uh, the middle of March Madness. <laughs> Whenever you're still playing in late March, it's always a great thing if you're involved in basketball. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for joining. And um, I, I wanted to start with this. I, I believe you are a uh, an old Southwest Missouri State guy, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, it, I'm so old it was Southwest Missouri <laughs> State when I went to college there. That's my alma mater. Cole, I will tell you, that was the, easily the toughest broadcast I've ever done the other night. Yeah. Because that's the first time uh, in the 24 years I've been at Nebraska that we faced my alma mater. Um, I was the original voice of the Lady Bears back in 1985. Um, I know their radio team. And then to make it really special, Art Haynes, who is the yeah. studio anchor for football for the Kansas City Chiefs, and the longtime voice of Bears, this is Missouri State we're talking about, yeah. football, men's basketball, and baseball, has been kind of the lesson in Lincoln recovering from West Nile for yeah. the last six months. And this is the first time they let him out of the hospital to come see Missouri State play, and that was, he's the reason I'm in broadcasting, and that was very tough for me, having all those factors there, so uh, great to get the win, and a very special night for me. Yeah, no doubt, and and it was obviously a disappointment on on missing the NCAA tournament for this team, knowing the expectations, and, and honestly, the early season success, too. How has Amy Williams been approaching this journey in the WNIT with this team? Well, I think Amy Williams has had exactly the correct approach, leadership, and demeanor. You know, I, I've had this question from from a lot of people on shows I've done. Has this season been a disappointment? And I said, that's really for media and the fans to talk about. Because when you're on the bus, when you're in the locker room, when you're at practice, uh, you realize every year, every team is a little bit different. And for this team, understanding that Trinity Brady's injury was huge. Losing Allison Widener, you know, was massive. Uh, So when you're talking about this team, not last year's team, this is still a postseason team. And especially if you take a look at the schedule that Nebraska had, I think when the, when the, the calendar rolled around and we saw the Big Ten scheduled Nebraska at Virginia Tech for the Big Ten ACC Challenge. No one saw that Virginia Tech was going to be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament this year. Okay? Uh, The Huskers played Indiana, number one seed. Virginia Tech, number one seed. Iowa twice, number two seed. Maryland twice, number two seed. I mean, if you just look up and down the Huskers' schedule this year, if you replace one of the Iowa games with a team that didn't make the postseason, you know, maybe the Huskies are in the NCAA tournament. It's just, it was that razor thin with the injuries and the schedule. Matt Coatney, voice of Husker Women's Basketball, joining us here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Uh, Sam Hybe was big time early against Missouri State in that first round WNIT win. 11 points in the first quarter, 25 for the game. What's Nebraska's success rate when when she plays well? Like, if she's if she's on, Nebraska's not going to lose very often, right? Uh, well, that's a, a pretty good point, Cole. And uh, the thing about the first quarter the other night is Missouri State had an incredibly athletic guard named Denia Thomas. And on paper, she's the fastest person on the floor 
you would not think that Sam Hotney would have the success driving around her, mm-hmm. getting into the lane, but she did. You know, Nebraska thought they wouldn't have Sam Hybe this year, uh, back with the knee injury in the fall. And then when she came back, it took her a while to get back to 80%, 90%. I think we all look at Sam that she's as close to 100% as, as I think she's going to be. But what Sam gives Nebraska is what now is what they missed when Allison Widener got hurt. It's somebody who can come off the bounce, off a ball screen from the wing, take contact and get to the rim and maybe the foul line or score. Sam really wasn't explosive enough to do that after the knee injury when she came back for a while. So when Widener went out, no one could do that mm-hmm. for Nebraska. So this is really a tool that Amy Williams can have that opens up a jazz Shelley for a three-pointer. And so it makes the offense so much better. And you saw the other night when, when Sam Heidi can get to the rack, you know, no three-pointers for Sam, and she still ended up with a season-high 25. Yeah, not 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 a bad day's work for sure. No, <laughs> and uh, the the matchup coming up tomorrow uh, with Northern Iowa. I guess the the Huskers are just making the run through the Missouri Valley Conference. Uh, what what does Northern Iowa do that's going to give Nebraska a little bit of trouble? And and how does Nebraska match up going against the Panthers? Well, the first thing you need to know about Northern Iowa is they've got a very veteran coach in Tanya Warren. And Tanya Warren was at uh, Creighton. She played on a team that had Connie Yori as a player. Uh, and they have been one of the most consistent teams uh, along the mid-majors. They're always an upper team in, in the great Missouri Valley Conference. Here's what they have. They've got a really solid point guard in Maya McDermott, um, who is, uh, got an award as the most approved player in the Missouri Valley Conference. She can step back, hit the three, but really sees the floor well and is able to get the ball to their six foot one center, Grace Buffelli, who will remind you a lot of Alexis Markowski. Not as tall, but a pretty wide body and tough to deal with down on the block. And Buffelli is averaging 16 points and nine rebounds. Wow. And in the win that they had over Colorado State, uh, she was dominant. This is also a very deep team. Uh, so when McDermott comes out, the point guard that they bring in and Taryn Wharton looks just like an exact carbon copy. So uh, the other thing that Tanya Warren has always done is they uh, come off screens about as well as anybody. They've got a million different options in their offense. They don't really run a triangle, but they do run a lot through the belly. And you're going to see them do a lot of back cuts. You're going to see them come off a lot of screens. They can hit the three. It's not something where I would say they, they're they a great three-point shooting team, but you got to go out and, and close out on them. Uh, so they're, you know, they're pretty good. And uh, they average 75 points per game. They make 35% of their threes. They do not turn the ball over. They've got a positive turnover margin. But they really defend well. And largely they play man defense. So if you play man defense and you hold – teams below 65 points a game. That means you know uh, great technique, and that's who Tanya Warren always is. Her teams do not beat themselves. A couple more minutes here with Matt Coatney, voice of Husker women's basketball. Uh, I know the season's not over yet, but in terms of looking ahead to next year, Jazz Shelley and, Ale- and not Alexis, um, uh, Izzy Bourne. Izzy Bourne. Both walked on senior night. 
but they both have eligibility for twenty three, twenty four. Uh, what are what are you feeling for both of their futures? You know, it's a strange world we live in today. Sam Ivey walked on senior night last year and yeah. came back <laughs> this year. Uh, I, I think it's you know you you walk when you're eligible to walk, knowing you can and can come back. What's different about our two Australian players, Warren and Shelley, and I think this is going to impact college sports in the next 10 years is because of the immigration status uh, that college students have if they come to the United States to go to college, you're ineligible to make a certain amount of money. So they can't get the NIL deals that Sam Heide can or an Alexis Markowski or an Allison Widener can. And that's huge. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, if you think about this, if you went overseas to play in Australia and everybody on your team had an NIL deal uh, and you couldn't just because you were from the United States, that would, that would play an impact on you as a college student. So I think that comes into play. I also think because Australia has such a strong professional league, uh, and Kelsey Griffin has played in that for 10 years now, and it's huge in Australia. It's got great television coverage. Uh, they've got the ladder system a lot like the English Premier League or a lot of European soccer mm-hmm. teams do. That's got a big pull. It's just it's a and and also trying to get your family here to watch has been has been difficult. So I think those are all factors that Izzy and and Jazz are going to have to decide where they're going to be. I don't have a really good feeling even after talking to them what they're going to do. And just because one does one thing doesn't mean the other one will do the other. But uh, you know they both they both could go. They both could stay here next year. Um, I, I don't have a sense what it's going to be. I think we'll know uh, just because they need to know and the team needs to know as soon as the Husker season is over. Well, one of the silver linings of, of not making the NCAA tournament is that you may be able to play some home games in the postseason, and that's what Nebraska's got, a second straight home postseason game coming up tomorrow at 2 p.m. over at Pinnacle Bank Arena. You can, of course, hear the call on the Huskers Radio Network with Matt Coatney. It'll be right over the Right over there at B one hundred seven point three, Matt. Thanks a lot for the time, and uh, have a great call tomorrow. We'll be listening. Hey, Cole. giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. <laughs> Our thanks to Matt Coatney voice of Husker women's basketball. He'll be on the call tomorrow for the WNIT game against Northern Iowa on B107.3. If you missed Cotney's segment, you can always catch up on the podcast page at KLIN.com. You can find this on the uh, All Huskers page through Husker Max or Sports Illustrated and uh, also in your podcast feed of choice. Just search for the KLIN Husker Hour. Uh, Track and field, real quick, uh, they finished their indoor season. The men finished 8th and the women 14th. The best indoor finishes uh, for those teams since 2009 and 2006, respectively. Uh, Jonah Wilson, senior men's thrower, uh, was the Big Ten Field Athlete of the Year, so congrats to uh, those teams. And uh, again, wrestling, you've got Mikey Labriola going for a national championship today on ESPNU uh, in the 174-pound group. Um, as we get closer to the imminent decision of Dylan Riola, um, he's still making visits this weekend. He is in Georgia 
visiting both Georgia and Georgia Tech. Uh, the Georgia Tech visit uh, seems more like a, a, a favor than anything else. The the new Georgia Tech offensive coordinator was previously at Georgia, uh, so that's that's where that connection is. Uh, but so he's he's down there in Georgia. Georgia's a possibility. Georgia at one point maybe was in the lead. Uh, I think more national folks seem to think that USC is currently in the lead, uh, but Nebraska is definitely still trending in the right direction, and he's going to be here again next weekend. And this is this is the way I see it. You had the decision from Danny Kalen, a Bellevue West quarterback, Go T-Birds. Danny Kalen made his call this week. He's going to Missouri. Danny Kalen had an offer from Nebraska. Uh, I don't know for sure, but it seems like Nebraska's putting an awful lot of their eggs in the Dylan Riola basket. I don't know if that is because they know something we don't. I don't know if that's just because Matt Rule wants to go all in on this guy, and if that doesn't pan out. You know, he feels comfortable pivoting to somebody else. There's not a whole lot of other smoke uh, surrounding Nebraska's connecting with any other 2024 quarterbacks. So the fact that Danny Kalen is off the board, and maybe not forever. I mean, obviously, recruiting is is wild, and he didn't sign. He just verbally committed. But that that does tell you that, A, Nebraska feels pretty good about Dylan Riola. And B, Nebraska must be getting some pretty good signals that Dylan Raiola feels good about Nebraska. So the visit next weekend is going to be the second in as many months. Coming off of this visit to Georgia, previously to that, he was in U- at USC in L.A. I think he's making the rounds. Um, I, I, I think he enjoys the attention. That's not necessarily... A bad thing. Obviously, if you are playing quarterback at Nebraska, you're going to get a lot of attention. So maybe it's better to have a Dylan Raiola type personality than a Taylor Martinez type personality uh, in that regard. Because, like it or not, you're going to be on uh, you know on the big stage. You're going to be in the spotlight. Everybody's going to be asking you questions, and and you're going to be expected to answer them. So that type of personality fits the fishbowl that is Nebraska football. Uh, so it's it's not necessarily a bad thing to see him bouncing around from place to place. You you only get this high school superstar uh, recruitment treatment once, you know. Like you may be wind and dined as a transfer portal edition, you know, in after your sophomore or junior year or whatever uh, later in your career. But it's it's different when you are a high school kid and the consensus number one quarterback in the 2024 class getting all of the attention you could ever want, especially if you appear to like that sort of thing, which Dylan Raiola appears to like that sort of thing. So what that comes down to is Nebraska and Dylan Raiola, I think feel pretty good about each other. National folks still think USC is the odds on favorite, but Quietly, locally, maybe not quietly because none of it's quiet here in Nebraska when it comes to recruiting, uh, but locally, the, the folks who follow this sort of stuff, 
your your Mike Schaefer's, your Sean Callahan's, your Nate Klaus's, those those guys are are pretty high on Nebraska's chances. The other piece to this is it's not just about Dylan Riola this weekend. Uh, there are tons of other guys that are high-ranked recruits in this 24 class who are going to be here. The number one ranked running back in the state of California is coming. Um, it's not just offensive guys. You've got defensive guys who are going to be here. Offensive linemen are coming to, want, to, to be here. If you are a high-level athlete in high school and you want to go to a place where you can win, you're going to want to go to a place that has a good quarterback because good quarterbacks typically lead to wins. And obviously there are other programs that have been more successful than Nebraska over the last few years, but the way that Dylan Riola can energize this this program, and, and frankly, he's as outgoing a guy as he is, you're going to want a guy like that to be a peer recruiter for the rest of your 2024 class through the rest of this cycle. And, and Dylan Riola would be that format rule in Nebraska. So you get everybody together. Riola is the Pied Piper. Obviously, if he commits, that's, that's going to go far. But, but even if he doesn't, you're getting a lot of exposure with a lot of other high-level athletes. These guys are all on social media. These guys all talk to each other. And typically, they're at pretty good high school programs as well. Matt Rule is, is doing a great job making inroads at, at pretty good programs especially in the state of Texas, where Nebraska has not been a very big player lately. So it's not just about Riola. A lot of it is, but it's not just about Dylan Riola. So, so keep that in mind as, uh, as that big visit weekend next weekend approaches. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, thanks to Matt Coatney for joining earlier, talking about the women's uh, WNIT journey. Uh, they're in action tomorrow on B107.3 at 2 o'clock, uh, 145 pregame. And uh, the baseball team is playing a uh, surprise Sunday game down in Manhattan against Nichols. That's a 2 o'clock first pitch. That'll be right here on KLIN with pregame at 1.30. Mikey Labriola going for a national championship in wrestling. That's coming up on ESPNU. Uh, That's going to do it. Enjoy the weekend. Hopefully you didn't take Purdue very far. And go Big Red.